when you have a relationship, right, you're looking at your own style. You're looking at the styles of the people in your family as well to navigate. But you also need to look at what your triggers are. What's triggering you? Why are you snapping? Or why are you upset about something? Or where is that coming from? And when you really look at it, it could be coming from the way you were raised, the experiences that you've had, the belief system that you believe in. And those are what we call is your biases, or unconscious biases, right? They may not be something that you notice when you're triggered that, oh, this may be coming from this thing. I had no idea. And so what I do is help parents navigate and understand what their blind spots are in that baggage or that unconscious bias that they're bringing in. and welcome to Peak Health with Dr. Gupta. This show is for those who want to optimize their health and maximize their genetic potential. If you like our show and want to learn more, please visit our website at peakwellnesshealth.com, which is linked in the show notes below, where you can gain access to a 10-day body reset module that teaches you about diet, sleep, meditation, exercise, and guides you on how to lower your blood sugar, lower blood pressure, lower body fat, and improve your biomarkers all in just 10 days. Additionally, you can find a body optimization module, which teaches you how to lose fat and build muscle. Finally, you can get a link to a one-on-one consultation with me. Healthy relationships are a fundamental necessity for vitality. In fact, if you look at functional medicine, root causes of disease, relationships are right there along with sleep, exercise, and nutrition. A recent Harvard longitudinal study in relationships found that relationships and community are a stronger predictor of good health compared to any other biomarker. So if you had to choose a statin or a good relationship, you want to choose a good relationship. To help us navigate relationships, I'm honored to introduce Sandhya Dayal. Sandhya combines 20 years of experience in human resources and talent development with internationally recognized brands and brings leadership skills from the executive room into the living room. With a deep understanding of communication styles and emotional intelligence, she provides working parents and their children the leadership skills they need to create a fulfilling work, school, and home life. Parents who join Sandhya for workshops or coaching series uncover communication blind spots to navigate relationships, build confidence, reduce conflict, improve social interactions, and much more for success at home and away from it. Welcome, Sandhya. Thanks, Ravi. I really appreciate you inviting me to your podcast. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited to have you. I heard you on another podcast and I was like, okay, I have to have you as a guest, not only because you're a good friend of mine, but because what you said made a lot of sense. And I was very excited to talk to you about this topic. Before we get into the meat of it, maybe tell me a little bit more about yourself, your background, and what you are doing now in terms of coaching and uh, consulting. Sure. Like you said, you know, I've been doing HR for 20 years and that's been my niche. I've touched many different industries and different cultures and really helped companies with their teams, really help them thrive by making them high performing um, and reduce conflict within them and, and really understand how to communicate with each other to build those really healthy team that you need to be successful at work. And while I was doing, I also got married and had my own children. And I realized a lot of the skills I was teaching at work actually worked for me at home when I recognized my own parenting style, my children's styles, maybe some of my own conscious biases that I bring into my relationship with them. And I thought that, you know, there wasn't something out there like this that I had touched. And I know there's therapy. I know there's books. 
But for really diagnosing and helping with family dynamics, I didn't find that much out there. So this is what my calling was for myself. And I've been really lucky to find what I'm doing right now really fulfilling and helping families and children really build confidence and their emotional intelligence. Yes, that's wonderful. Um, and when we spoke prior to this podcast, you mentioned this dynamic and how everybody has different styles. And, you know, there's not a one size fit all solution for many problems. And that was my approach for many years because I, I love to read. I was reading all types of books on relationships on parenting and this and that. And I'm like, okay, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. And, you know, some of these suggestions seemed to work, but some didn't. And when I'd pull friends and ask them what they would think, and, you know, they would also say, well, try this or try this. And they would have different solutions and, and uh, opinions. So this, what you're offering is a way to really understand each individual and, and collaborate together to bring out the best in everyone. That's, that's in essence what you're doing um, in, in your program, correct? Exactly right. You know, when you read books, they get a little bit, um, I guess, watered down to be applicable to everyone who's reading it so they can resonate with it. Um, and when we talk to our friends, there are things that they've tried that works with that parent style or that child style. Well, your family may not have that same dynamic or you may not have, you have different upbringing and different ways that you've thought about things in your childhood that others have not experienced through their lens. So it's very important to look at each family as an individual and then knowing how to navigate each other to really thrive like you do at work. At work, when you hire people, um, one person may be motivated differently than the other person is. So you have to make sure you know what they need to do to develop themselves so your team can be high performing. Same way, the same concept is at your home front as well. Yes. Uh, you know, very often in work, we have coaches and other consultants that come in and try to create this amazing balance between everyone, but we don't think about bringing that to the family. So this is, I think yeah. this is a really important concept here. Also, to what you're saying, a lot of executive coaches that executives have and CEOs have that I've also have seen work, work with them just on the work front. They don't, there is no coach out there that really helps people translate that into their home life. And, and really working parents or working professionals don't want to choose a home life over their work life. They want to be successful in both. Having leadership skills that can be used at work and the same skills applied at home makes it much more easier for those working parents to navigate both their lifestyles uh, and help them on both. Yeah, that, that just that completely makes a lot of sense. And to those listeners out there, what I want you to get out of this podcast is a few basic concepts. And we're going to go over those right now. Um, so when you listen to these and understand these, you will understand a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more about your kids, and maybe you can use some of these concepts to actually ha help bridge gaps uh, for yourself. So um, let's start with what emotional intelligence means, because we hear that word all the time, and many people don't know what it means and how you teach it. Right. So you have, well, mainly we know two sort forms of uh, intelligence. One is your IQ. Uh, which is what you read from books, you know, uh, things that you study in school. And then you have the social and emotional intelligence. That is how do you apply the, the information you know in real life settings? And in emotional intelligence, you're not talking about facts and logic, but really talking about how to, really it's twofold. It's how to manage your own emotions and be aware of how you react in certain situations. And then the second part of it is also 
recognizing the emotions of people around us and how to manage those emotions. The more that you can read people, the more that you understand where they're coming from, the better you can navigate, anticipate, predict what their needs are and be able to deliver by uh, reducing conflict and reducing stress because you both now get each other. So it's really knowing how you are doing your strengths, your challenges, your weaknesses, your triggers, your responses, and then the people around you too. Okay, so it's it's really having insight into your own behaviors. I mean, that's a key part of it, right? Just like, I, and and I guess the first part of that is understanding that you need this insight. You know, a lot of people are just like, look, I am who I am. You know, I am, I react in, you know, differently in different situations and that's the way I am. But what you're saying is, look, you know, you need to have that insight to know how you react and work, potentially work on that. And that is what require, that is the intelligence you're, discuss, you're talking about, correct? Right. Because when you react to something, you're also impacting somebody who you're interacting with, whether it's positive or negative. So it's really great someone recognize that this is the way I am and this is the way I do things. It's great because I had self-awareness. But now, how do you make that work for the people around you, right? Yes. So having that empathy is really important. And when your relationships around you are not in a healthy balance, it has all kinds of um, negative impact on your mental health. You know, stress and anxiety can be caused when your relationships aren't intact. As a doctor, you understand what that does to you in a medical world with your heartbeat and your hormones. But also uh, from an emotional intelligence perspective, you know, um, how you communicate with someone and how you think about yourself, your mental health is destroyed or can be reduced. Um, your health benefits, like I said, you also prevent yourself from thriving academically or socially or at your home front. And that can lead to depression, anxiety, panic attacks, um, low self-esteem, confidence issues. So it leads to a lot more other issues if you don't have your relationships around you be healthy for you and you also be healthy for the ones that you love and cherish the most. Absolutely. Okay, so let's let's dive into that a bit further. There are four parenting uh, and kids styles that you mentioned to me um, can you describe what those styles are and and what they mean? Right. So I think the premise really is that we want to have our children be resilient, be confident, right, as they go through life. And whatever else that the parent chooses that they want their children to excel in. So by wanting to have certain outcome in your children, you have to recognize your own style of how are you going to nurture that relationship? How are you going to bring that confidence or that resilience out in your child? So understanding how you parent is really important. So there's four styles, like we said, there's the action-oriented parent, there is the relationship-oriented parent, harmony-driven, and the fourth one is the analyzer. When I go through these workshops, I actually help parents identify the blend that they're in specific to them. But just to keep things simple for this podcast, I'm going to stick with those four main buckets. Okay. Okay. So these are the four styles. And why is it important to understand where you are, where your kids are? By understanding your style, you really get to know what your strengths are and your challenges are. And when you're challenged, how do you react? How do you speak or do you not speak? How do you, and that impacts the child that you're trying to develop and anyone else that is helping you raise your child, your parent, like a co-parent, grandparents, nannies, you know, all that stuff. It really has a big impact. So it's really important that you know 
how you react to certain situations, the impact on your child and people around you. Okay, so an example, the harmony-driven parent. And this, I can, this is my, my mother. You know, she was just very much conflict-avoidant, would praise us a lot. But if people do that, you know, they think, oh, you know, I, I'm not upsetting the kids. I, I'm, I'm being kind to them. You know, in their heart, they're doing the right thing, but there could be side effects to this behavior. And what, what are some of the effects of being, you know, very harmony-driven? Parent. Right. So if I have a parent that comes to me that's very harmony driven, that's the kind of parent and if those listeners that are listening to this, I think I want to draw the picture out a little bit more so they can see if this resonates with them. They're parents who really like their home environment or any environment they're in, in fact, to be calm, steady. You know, routine is very important to them. And um, involving people's input is also important. So I want to make sure everyone's really happy with the way things are. Uh, they also are very consistent people and they're very reliable. But the thing with this challenge is that they are also shy in speaking up if they feel like what they're going to say is going to cause conflict. So like you said, as a child, if you have a child that is upset because you said no to something, you next time may not say no because you don't want to really upset your child, right? You don't. No parent wants to upset their child. But by doing that and not really giving them parameters and helping them understand why your reasoning is that way, you actually start making them one of two ways to either make them narcissistic. You'll see narcissistic tendencies because they feel like everything they do is perfect. And the second part is that they end up not knowing how to fail in life because they're always used to having praise. And when they fail, they don't know how to cope because they haven't felt that failure before. They always thought they were great at everything they do. So being very, for a parent who's harmony driven, it's really important to know what your parameters are, what your values are, what you're bound in, what is it that you're going to really step up and speak out about because it really matters to you and choosing those opportunities very purposefully and intentionally. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm going to step back for a second here. Ultimately, the goal here is raising a child in the way that you want them to be raised and instilling the values which you believe are important. So when people recognize that they have some of these tendencies, it's not like a, you know, a reprimand or, you know, something that you should be ashamed of or, you know, something that requires immediate change. It's just understanding, hey, look, I have these, you know, these tendencies. Ultimately, my goal is to raise my child in this way. So what do I need to tweak? What do I need to change in order to make them be this person I want to be? And it's a long-term play. It's not just a short-term thing. Exactly. There's people who um, go through certain workshops and, and I'm sure you've gone through them at work as well, retreats and things like that. And they're more what you call the soft skills. And you feel like once you've gone through this uh, retreat, it's going to come through osmosis. You now know it, right? Yeah. But as a doctor, you know your skill sets, you have to practice them every single day. You have to get better and better at them to really master them. So yes, to your point, there is no perfect parent. There is no perfect child. What you're trying to do is understand everyone's challenges and strengths and be able to navigate them so you all can be in a more healthy relationship together. Are you struggling with reaching your goals? Do you feel like you need extra help to achieve your desired level of wellness? Well, we're here to tell you that you're not alone. Our website at peakwellnesshelp.com, which is linked in the show notes below, offers a variety of resources to help you on your journey towards optimal health. One of the most popular resources is the 10-Day Body Reset Module, which is designed to teach you about diet, sleep, meditation, exercise, 
and how to lower your blood sugar, blood pressure, body fat, and improve your biomarkers all in just 10 days. Our program is comprehensive yet easy to follow, and we've seen amazing results from those who have completed it. But that's not all. We offer a body optimization module, which is, teaches you how to lose fat and build muscle. Our program is tailored towards your individual needs and goals so that you can be sure you're getting the most effective guidance. And if you need even more personalized support, we offer one-on-one -on -one consultations. During these sessions, we'll work with you to create a personalized plan that takes into account your unique circumstances, preferences, and goals. Visit peakwellnesshealth.com today and take the first step towards achieving your health goals. Let's move to the next one, the action-oriented. So what's, it, what's an example of this type of parent? So this type of parent is one that likes to get things done, right? They like to move fast-paced. They like to make quick decisions. They're not afraid of risk. Um, and they really are kind of competitive. They're like the go-getter, right? Uh, so if you give them anything, they'll just move forward and get it done. And what happens with this type of parent is sometimes they may move so quickly that they haven't stopped to look at all the different angles that that decision may have. Uh, so they might make some mistakes or they might uh, go ahead too quickly when no one else is along with them. Um, and because they're moving so quick, they may not look at people's emotions. Um, they may come across blunt or insensitive because they just want to get things done. And so this can also kind of shut down a child or not help someone speak up when they're moving so quickly, or they make mistakes because they haven't seen different angles from different perspectives. Okay, great. Yeah. And this, yeah, the strengths of this obviously are, you know, getting things done quickly, moving, yeah. and but the, the negatives are potentially, as you just mentioned. Or challenges. Yeah, challenges. Yes, that's a better word for it. Okay, <laughs> um, moving on. Number three, relationship oriented. What are these types of folks like? These are your parents that are really enthusiastic and optimistic. They love social interactions. They can't be in isolation too long. And they're the ones who help everyone get motivated to do things. So they're very motivational as a parent. Um, they're always thinking of um, better ways to do things. They're coming up with creative options. You know, So they're very, very social in that aspect. Um, and the challenge with this parent is that they can, because they're so positive in their outlook, they may have unrealistic expectations of what the child should be or what the relationships should be. And so um, helping them see things as they really are and dealing with that, then what they really want it to be is something that I coach them with and really looking at different angles to make sure that they don't miss the details because they're so big picture, not detail oriented. Their mind moves a lot. So they can be very easily overwhelmed. And so helping them slow down and creating structures for themselves because um, they hate structure, they hate routine, they get bored easily sometimes. So um, they always want to do something new and fun, but creating parameters and creating some consistency for them can really help them with their overwhelming feeling when they are with their family and doing certain activities with them. Great. And then the uh, last one, the analyzer. Yeah. So as the title says, they love having all the information that they need before they make a decision. And then what they'll do is they look at their pros and look at the cons. They look at logic and facts when they make their decisions. And because of that, they're really organized. And, um, you know, uh, and they really also are very, um, they like to make decisions by themselves. They don't like to make too much of a group decision or get too much buy-in because they've already analyzed everything, right? They already know the answer. So 
with this parenting style, you know, they hate chaos because they're very organized. So things like when they come home and everything's in chaos and disarray or someone's speaking to them and not concise when they're speaking, they're all over the place. It can be very frustrating, especially if their child is uh, very social and they're talking a lot. They, they can lose interest and kind of like blaze out. So um, really helping them understand that when they're stressed, they also pick things apart, right? Because they're analyzers that pick things apart and they may not be willing to make changes. Um, and they also hide their emotions sometimes as sarcasm. So helping them understand by hiding their emotions or masking it behind sarcasm and not being upfront really gives mixed messages to their children and their whoever else is involved in their life um, and can lead to insinuation or misdirected conflict. Interesting. Okay. And what you're saying is people are typically are a blend of different styles. It's not just one necessarily. Maybe there's a strong one, but typically yes. there's a blend. Okay. Yeah, typically there's one that's a consistent one that shows up more consistently in their natural state. But yes, there are blends that show up in different social situations or work situations, but there will be one that's consistent. Yes. And not only does this define parents, it defines the kids too. And and are there additional styles that you use for kids or are these the four that you focus yeah. on as well? So there are children who are harmony driven. They don't like it when you speak to them in a very blunt, insensitive way. So they end up shutting down or they may tend up to be like a people pleaser because they want to do things to make you happy. So yeah, it's these, these same parenting styles also show, those same styles show up in your children as well. So you can see based on that, Ravi, if you have a, parent that is very action oriented, right? And then you have a child that is very analyze, like analyzes everything. How that style could be, uh, could cause conflict if they don't know how to manage each other the right way. Yes. You know, it's interesting as you were talking about this, I just thought of an example that occurred yesterday when my son had a class he had to attend after school and he had a he had some sniffles, wasn't feeling great. And I'm much more the harmony driven type in this way. I was like, okay, look, you're not feeling great. Let's reschedule. And his mom's more the, you know, I would say more action oriented. Um, hey, let's get this done. You know, forget this, the sniffles and all this stuff. And then I was thinking, you know, I was thinking to myself, am I being too soft on him? Like, shouldn't I, should I just push him through this? But as I, as you're going through these, different styles, I was thinking, well, look, he is, he's probably more of a harmony driven kid as am I. So in this particular situation, maybe it makes sense to let him have that, you know, that time to himself and then have him maybe take the class, uh, makeup class later versus a kid who's maybe more uh, action oriented, who would be okay pushing. Is that how, is that how this, this would work? These I mean, I, I think what you're talking about is maybe motivational styles, right? Mm -hmm. How do you motivate a child with different styles? So I would say in your example where you were like, oh, should I push my child to do it or not? It depends on what values you're trying to teach, right? Yes. If you're trying to teach a child, hey, you know what? You have a cough and cold. Um, you really should still go ahead and do it because you have a competition coming and you really need to be at your best. And these techniques are going to really help you. You're going to miss out on this day. Or is your value more about self-care? Like, hey, if you're not feeling good, we'll go home and you can rest. But then what is the next step? Like you said, so you have to understand what your values are. And you and your partner have to be um, on the same page of your values. So I tell people like, 
you know, yes, you have individuals in your home that you have to motivate differently and direct them differently and develop them based on their styles. But the one thing that has to be consistent so the child isn't confused and you can have a confident child is to make sure your value system is in sync with those helping you raise your child. And also the uh, rules are the same with all your children. So not cheating each child differently with rules and consequences, right? Okay. Motivating them and developing them, that's going to be a little bit more um, individualized. To help okay. So to your point, you know, the styles give you sort of an overall, overall idea of how each of you function, but you want to create a stable set of values and rules that you follow as a family and you work towards those using your understanding of each other's styles to obtain that one goal. Exactly. You know, when people think about values, always think about, well, I know what our family values are. They're this, this, this. But when you think and you sit down and I've had a families that sit down and actually develop their family values. And I involve the children if, with them as well if they're uh, you know eight and older. It's really defining three or four values that your family believes in together. So if there's any uh, dilemmas your family has or anything that they're not sure about, even the child, when they go through life, they have decisions they want to make and they're not sure how to make those. Those values are going to be the great guiding principles. When you consult and coach these families, you actually cut you sit down and come up with values that you all share so that you can focus on these. Whenever there's like some decision or, um, you know, a conflict coming up, you say, hey, look, we got to, our focus is this. This is our ultimate goal. We're going to stick with that, our decision that is in alignment with these values. Is that pretty much? Yes, I, I mean, have a different packages. So that one would be more my immersive workshop where I immerse a family on a week, uh, give them a session. Each week, they do something different as a family and I give them guidelines and I walk them through and facilitate but yes, it's hard sometimes to know what your values are. So I give them value-driven things and concepts to th- pick through and they go through that process, just like you do in, at work with yeah. the teams you have when you think about what your team is or what the values are. So just okay. like your team and you think about your values as a team, you kind of uh, pinpoint what they are. So when your team makes decisions in sales or finance, they know what they're guiding. The same way is at home as well really navigating, concreting what those three or four main values are for you. Interesting. Okay, excellent. So, okay, so we spoke about styles, values, rules. Um, do you want to comment anything, any other comments on rules and values that we should know that would be helpful? Like if somebody wants to come up with some maybe rules and values on their own, can you give us some like guiding principles? Right. So each family, like I said, is so different in what they want to get out of their children. Um, so some of them are like, you want me to tell you what some of the family's values yeah. are? Yeah. Like some of them want resilience, honesty, um, like making sure that they're all in agreement with certain decisions. Um, so collaborative nature is important for them. Um, having fun. That's one value that when they do things, I want to look at things that do together. That's really fun. Um, and then also, um, one of the values is knowing who to trust, you know, so we would work if that's one of the values that they have, um, because sometimes you may not want to go to your mom and dad for things, or you may not want to go to your partner who in your family do you trust or outside your family do you trust? And we name them. So it's safe for your child to go to that person, ask questions, and you know that this person's going to navigate your child correctly. So trust is important for family members as a value as well. So there's many different values. We have, I have about 20 different values 
that we go through this building experience with and they pick, it's really difficult, but they pick three or four that are the main guiding principles. Okay, excellent. All right. Now, the other thing that is important to understand for folks is, you know, the parents can bring baggage from their upbringing and their their relationships when they were growing up. So can you just describe how that factors into a family dynamic? Right. So um, when you have a relationship, right, you're looking at your own style. You're looking at the styles of the people in your family as well to navigate. But you also need to look at what your triggers are. Why you, what's triggering you? Why are you snapping? Or why are you upset about something? Or where is that coming from? And when you really look at it, it could be coming from the way you were raised, the experiences that you've had, the belief system that you believe in. And those are what we call is your biases, or unconscious biases, right? They may not be something that you notice when you're triggered that, oh, this may be coming from this thing I had no idea. And so what I do is help parents navigate and understand what their blind spots are in those uh, in that baggage or that unconscious bias that they're bringing in. So I know you and I've talked about, you know, that's interesting concept because you think about biases at work, right? So you think about when you're hiring someone, uh, your bias, or when you're rating someone's evaluation, the biases that come in there. But that same bias that you have at work is probably you're bringing in to your family life and vice versa as well. Absolutely. I mean, I can think of one, you know, when I was growing up, um, my, my, my dad was, would get angry often and, you know, yell at us. And so for me personally, when somebody gets angry and starts demanding, I, I know that triggers me. I'm like, okay, well, Hey, there's no need to, to act that way. You can, you can talk, you know, in a, um, more of a coherent, calm way. So I understand that. And I know that triggers me, but then I guess the question is, now that I know that, how does that help? So now that you know where your trigger is coming from, we go a little bit deep and define what that trigger is. So we have like seven, right? So for yours, it might be when your father yelled at you, did he say, like, did he compare you to others? Is that one of the things that happened? Like we would go deeper in those questioning. And let's just say, uh, for example's sake, that he compared you to others. So that is a contrast bias that a parent may have that you brought up. So by comparing you to others, it might make you feel like, I'm not saying you, Ravi, but you obviously have great confidence, but that could affect how you view yourself and have self-esteem issues and confidence issues because either you feel like you're not good enough, so you might shut down completely, or you might rebel um, in that aspect. So recognizing what happened to you, you might go one of two ways. You might repeat that pattern, or you may go the opposite. You chose in your situation to go the opposite way and be harmony driven. But now that you know that it has to be a perfect balance. So biases, not all biases are negative, but if they're too strong, it can be, that's when they can be really impactful and hurt your child. So there's a great, no child has the perfect parents, right? We all have things. I can come up with things that I grew up with that uh, impacted me growing up. But if you go, if you understand like what was the beauty of that, right? So and bring that in, but not do it such extreme where it's not with your style. You want to create parameters. You want to show examples to your child. You want to help them nudge them along and say, hey, you can do this because X, Y, Z. So let's get you the support system, the resources to help you, but not yelling at them, but then also kind of showing them how others might be doing it. There's a healthy balance uh, in both your styles. Absolutely. Okay. And that makes, that makes a lot of sense. You know, what you're describing also is really unraveling someone 
know, psychology and, and their deep, deep feelings and beliefs. I mean, it, it almost sounds like, um, you know, a psychologist or a counselor's role. I mean, do you find yourself taking that position or are you more that or coach or how, how does that work? You know, it's funny because when anyone who's listening to your podcast that is in human resources, you know, we wear so many different hats. So many times we have employees that we are helping through deep emotional situations that impacts them psychologically. We are therapists. We are counselors. We also are lawyers and debaters. So I do see myself doing a lot of that in my coaching. However, I tell the ones that I coach, I am not a therapist. I am not licensed. But the way I'm doing it is through leadership skills. So by unraveling them, I'm not going too deep in the past and the emotions of the past, but more awareness. And with the awareness, giving them the skill set to deal with what they need to deal with, with today and giving them the leadership skills for that to lead themselves and manage the people around them. That's wonderful. Okay, well, this was a great overall discussion about what you do and the power of really understanding yourself, understanding your, your style, your values, your rules, your biases, your triggers. I mean, there's so much we could discuss. I think we can have several podcasts and I hope you'll come back for more. What, what is like, what would you say some main takeaway points are um, of, the, of the topics we just discussed? I think it's for every parent that's out there that's feeling really overwhelmed or feeling like they have a blockage or barrier and they cannot help the child or they're having issues with their partner or their parents not understanding how to help them raise children. Really recognizing that every family dynamic is different and really understanding that uh, there are alternatives where there are people can help them with understanding what their specific situation is, understanding what's around them, their dynamics, and really helping them pinpoint it and having someone that can walk them through that. Again, not everything's cookie, uh, cookie cutter, not everything that one family does is going to work for you. So what works with your family? And there are solutions out there. Um, it was not going to take a year's work to get through them. Uh, it's just building that self-awareness. And that's what I help parents do and, and give them that awareness. I can help them change the way that they're approaching things and have a really impactful aspect to raising their family and thriving. That's, that's wonderful, Sandhya. I'm going to ask you a few more questions before we end. Some things that you know are common discussion points amongst me and my, my friends that have kids. So what are your thoughts on participation trophies? You know, we see that often. When I was a kid, we'd, we'd get first, second, third place, and nobody else would get anything. But nowadays, everyone gets a trophy. What are your thoughts on that? Does that help kids build competence? I, my personal opinion is I rather have teams that really worked hard to really deserve recognition. And those that need a little work to do understand what motive, that they are motivated by reward, what they need to get there. I think by giving everyone participation the same as the winners is not a healthy way to raise a confident child. Um, it's different if you have a prize for the top winners and then something smaller for the others. I think that's healthy, but the same participation trophy for everybody. I just don't think that concept is healthy in the long term. Okay. All right. That's what I feel too. So we're, okay. we're, we're similar there. Um, okay. So the second question, oftentimes there's this, you know, there's this push towards well, nowadays, push towards equality. Like everyone's equal, praise kids equally. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think equality has its time and place in certain situations. I also think as you are in workplaces, you want to be equal. You want to have equal quality as far as 
the end goal for promotions or getting hired or, you know, have an equal footing as everyone else. But when it comes to your team, how you motivate that one person is going to be very different how they're motivated another way. One person may love public praise in a company newsletter. Another person really rather have a like one-on-one appreciation, go to lunch. Children are the same way. So each child is motivated differently. So when it comes to equality, I think that's where your values should be equal. Like I said, your uh, consequences of something isn't done correctly, the age-appropriate consequences. But I feel as you'd motivate and develop them, you have to look at the child individually um, so they can be seen, they are uh, heard, and they understand that you are behind them 100% and how they develop. And a child may be like, why are you giving them that and you're not giving it to me? And I think that's where you have to be very purposeful and intentional and explain to your child, well, if you want the same thing, that's great. I've learned something new about you. You know, let's do that. But I know that your sister does not like to sing in public and it really makes her shy. So that's why we don't make her, we love it when you do and that motivates you. So that's why we don't make her sing with you. Something like that, you know? Okay. So Yeah, like, you know, treat them or praise them individually. Um, and, and that's what I feel too. It's like, you know, you can't say, oh, you guys are all great if you're on a team. But I mean, you can say that, but it doesn't have the same impact as, hey, Tommy, you did a great job in shooting hoops, you know, made a bunch of great layups today. You, you know, you, um, Billy, you did a great job in passing. Like, you know, you kind of focus on what they did individually. Yeah. It's much more, um, I impactful. think it's more impactful to them. Right. Next question. Um, what do you do if the kid is just not motivated? I mean, you, you've done all these things, you, you know, their style, you know, their, you know, the, you have a value set that you're following, um, but they just won't do what you want them to do. Um, there is a disconnect there, right? Somewhere that they just don't want to do what you're asking them to do. Is it because it is something that they're not interested in, that they feel that they won't be good at? Is it a confidence issue? Is it a issue where um, they feel like they're going to fail? Like there's so many different reasons why a child may not be motivated to do something. Is it overwhelming for them? Um, so really, I guess the dialogue is so important with a child, with a child, for a parent. We really open and ask questions because children sometimes don't know how to articulate the emotions. They haven't developed their experiences in life to know how they feel about something. So I think it's really important for parents to ask questions. Is it this? Is it that? So you can really get to the bottom of it. And if they don't know, be like, okay, well, let's do different things and experiment. And then you'll know whether you like that or not. Then you know if that's something that works for you. And then that might give them a little bit more motivation, depending what is it that they're not motivated by. Okay. Well, one, that makes a lot of sense. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm thinking about my kids right now and they just cannot articulate how they feel oftentimes. And they they look sad, depressed. Like, hey, why are you feeling this way? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then they'll get over it after some time, but it's just, it's hard to pull those concepts and words out of them, but, you know, maybe introducing them to different activities that, 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 you know, they participated in around that time, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And do it in small, small bits and pieces. So it's not so overwhelming for them. Yeah. Um, and then they'll figure it out. They'll be able to okay. articulate, I really like that. Or I did not like that. Then you have an idea of, of what is motivating them. Excellent. Well, thank you, Sandhya. Now, what can, how can people get in touch with you or find you if they're interested in learning more? 
Right. So I actually think I have Instagram page, which has a link, which has all my products linked in that. So that Instagram page is refresher.pro. So that's refresh with a letter R.pro. And also if they wanted to find out more about me, they can go to my website. Same, same um, information, refresh with a letter R.pro. And I'll have my packages there. I have freebies. I have worksheets. I have a buzz style feed uh, quiz that can help them understand what their blind spots are and some really great uh, freebies for them as well. So Wonderful. And we'll put that in the show notes. Thank you, Sandia. It was wonderful having you. And we'll have you again soon. Thanks, Ravi. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please make sure to hit the subscribe and the like button and leave a comment about what you'd like to see on our future episodes. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only, does not substitute for professional care, nor does it constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for medical care, please seek a qualified doctor or medical professional. For more information, or if you'd like to check out our programs, please visit our website, peakwellnesshealth.com. That's peakwellnesshealth.com.